Hello everyone, welcome to Publications with BMS IS. This is Betul Kajar. Today I will be interviewing Julia Demarines, a research scientist with Blue Marvel Space Institute of Science. Next to her title at BMS IS, she is also a research assistant to the curator of astrobiology at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. Today we will be talking about her recent publication in astrobiology, journal. Uh, it's an education article titled Life, the Universe and Everything, an Education Outreach Proposal to Build a Traveling Astrobiology Exhibit. Wowza! All right, Julia, welcome. So tell us about this paper. Thanks, Matul. Hi, everyone. So yes, this paper has a very big title and it sounds hugely cosmic and grand, doesn't it? But the paper itself is basically about an astrobiology roadshow, um, which is an informal astrobiology education traveling exhibit. We call the astrobiology roadshow. And it basically goes into detail describing what the astrobiology roadshow really is. Okay, so what is an astrobiology roadshow? So the astrobiology roadshow, I'll first start by saying that this the astrobiology roadshow was a product, a thought product of a winter school in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I did not attend this winter school, but the the other authors of the paper, such as Lori Barge and the rest listed, all did. And they came up with this awesome idea to do a traveling roadshow, which basically is a five-room traveling exhibit that can be easily erected and taken down and will also be able to translate international borders. Mm-hmm. So the project was started in the school in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So there was a lot of uh, foreign nationals present from um, the Americas, not just North America, but mm-hmm. um, Brazil and elsewhere. Okay, and so, so the main goal here is, if I understood correctly, is to provoke and perhaps promote a communication between public and scientists to explain them primarily what astrobiology is. Exactly, yeah. And there's going to be five rooms. There's a nice drawing of it in the publication itself. I encourage you to to look at that to see the flow of how this exhibit will work. So basically, when a member of the public, no matter where it's being set up, let's say in Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, goes through to the first room, the first room is titled, What is Astrobiology? And it basically outlines the basic topics that's going to be talked about in the following rooms. And it goes over things like the Big Bang, the formation of the universe, with interactive activities. Uh, so when you say room, you mean sections in the bus, or what? what do you it's mean? not going to be on a bus. It's going to be, it's going to be a physical okay. exhibit, mm-hmm. but that should be erected in any place that mm-hmm. has a small amount of land. The second room is planet is called planetary science and geology, and it goes over the evolution of Earth mm-hmm. and talks about the moon, and they'll have like a moon model and talk about astrobiologically relevant things such as water on the moon. The third room is life and the universe, which talks about the origin and evolution of life on Earth, and it also goes into KT impact simulations and a little bit of prebiotic chemistry um, and evolution. And there will be some interactive displays and things like that. The fourth room is called Life in the Extremes. And this goes into extreme life on Earth, or we call them extremophiles. And this this room sounds really cool. It's a six-sided room with different types of environments that are really extreme that life lives in. 
And there'll be several interactive activities such as the search for tardigrades, which I thought sounded pretty cool. The fifth and final room is space travel and beyond, and it goes into mankind's explorations into the cosmos and our search for, for extraterrestrial life. So basically any robotic or manned mission, it gives a highlight of the most prominent ones, and it talks about our search for extraterrestrial life in the universe. So those are the, the five rooms that goes into the Astrobiology Roadshow. Have you guys implemented this idea yet, or what is the status of the project right now? So it has not been implemented yet. It's still just a thought piece, but we did get a small amount of funding to try aspects of the Astrobiology Roadshow on a musical tour called Life Out There. So my boss, David Winspoon, at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science does this really cool show called Life Out There where he plays in a band in a planetarium um, and goes through like the history of the universe through different song movements and narration. And it was this was has already been done, but we proposed to to go on tour with this around the United States. Uh, we had about four or five venues that we're looking at going on tour with. And at each of these venues, when we do the Life Out There show, we'll have several of these learning activities, such as the search for tardigrades or other conceptual ideas that we want to communicate. Um, we're going to have them on display to see how they work with the public to have a type of evaluation before trying to put in another proposal to actually get this funded. Wow, this really makes me want to like stand up <laughs> and cheer. It's really exciting. It is, it is exciting. I know, it's, this is so cool. But, but when are you guys thinking of starting this? Pretty soon, actually. The first Life Out There tour starts in July in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And we're still working on the details right now to see what we can use from the Rocho at the festival in Jackson. How about it's an the, art science festival. How about the astrobiology tour in this paper? Are you guys going to launch this project anytime soon? Uh, it all depends on submitting future proposals and getting funding. Um, mm -hmm. We did some... When we did get partial funding for some of these concept ideas, we had originally put in a separate proposal with its own separate funding, but basically we got one grant that covers the, the Life Out There tour with aspects of the roadshow. So it's not its full standalone thing yet, but it's a very good idea so we can practice some of our ideas um, and see how well they're taken and get some evaluation on that. Oh, that that's, that's really cool. Julia, I know that you do, you are involved in a variety of outreach activities. Like for instance, you run, uh, Space in Your Face, a monthly outreach event in Denver. You, you make, um, you know, space science and astrobiology hip and cool, involving space traps and comical presentations and also involved with this, with the second, uh, an astrobiology website. For social activities and outreach, so so you have extensive experience in in communicating science with the public. From your experience, what what are your expectations and even challenges when you guys launch this project? What do you expect to happen? That's a great question. And even though I I have I, I look like I have experience on paper, I still feel really new into the field of uh, communication. But it's something I have a huge passion for, and. Uh, I am really excited to see how the public will interact with some of these ideas uh, and some of this informal learning and education. I expect people will really grasp a, our, a few basic topics of astrobiology and hopefully will spark a change in the way they see the world. At least that's what we hope. I 
I'm assuming there's going to be some challenges. For example, trying to communicate astrobiological topics to perhaps a community that just doesn't care Mm -hmm. or it's not something that they think about on a daily basis. It could go either one of two ways. They could deflect it or they could absorb it. Why do you think there is a um, there is not a clear understanding of astrobiology in public? Well, it's a relatively new field and you know, it's up and coming and it's not every day you meet an astrobiologist, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think there's oh, several misconceptions going around and I think it sounds really esoteric, but at the same time it's still accessible because there's so much science fiction movies and media out there saying, okay, there's life in space, aliens, all that stuff, but there's actually legit science behind it. So, mm-hmm. so I think sometimes people really miss the step between what is science fiction and what is actually being studied by scientists. And it's quite fascinating if you if you really look at what, who's studying what. It's amazing. Like you, Batul, <laughs> what you do is really cool. Oh, thank you. I interact with you on a weekly basis, and I I know why you you love astrobiology and you have a passion for it. And I, but I think it is also worthwhile for our listeners to hear from you why you care about astrobiology and why why it is important to understand. Tell us. <laughs> That's a great question. Again, uh, yes. Why do I care about astrobiology? Well, I guess it's one of those fundamental human questions. When you're a kid and you look up at the stars, you have to wonder what is going on there. You're you're going to be just a curious person. And that's why I care. It's because I have a passion to understand our universe as much as I can. And if there's anything I can do to contribute to that science, to understand if we're alone in the universe, to me, that's everything. And th- and that's why I do it. But yeah, just basically, it's one of those fundamental human questions that I really think connects all humans. And that's just beautiful, right? So are I see you, you smiling. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> if you <laughs> so what was your role on this paper? Right, so as I mentioned, the paper was a product of an astrobiology winter school in Brazil, and I was not actually part of it. But when I saw their poster at the Astrobiology Science Conference in Atlanta in 2012, I was like, wow, this is so cool. And Lori Bart is one of the frontmen, front women, I should say, of this idea. And I was talking to her about it. She's also a good friend and awesome astrobiologist. And she was saying, I was saying, like, you know, I'm totally interested in it and just hearing how it goes. And I totally support it. If there's anything I could do to help. We were talking about the paper that they were writing to submit to astrobiology. And they got feedback saying that they didn't have a strong or they didn't have any evaluation component to the project. And basically, if you are proposing to do any sort of informal education, you have to have some quantitative and qualitative uh, analysis to say, yes, these concepts we're learning, this is how it was received, here's how we can improve. And uh, recently I've been doing some work with evaluation. So I, Lori asked me if I could write up an evaluation component. So I just did that for them and was super excited to be a part of the paper and super flattered that they asked me to help because I really wanted to be a part of it. It's such a cool <laughs> idea. I know, it is a great idea. If, if it so happens that we have, hopefully, some really young people listening to this, this podcast, what are your suggestions to them if they have a desire to understand astrobiology or even pursue a career in this field? What would you recommend them? Yes. Yeah, so if you're interested in astrobiology, I would just ask questions. Ask questions to, to your teachers, to your parents, to your peers, and try and find answers that work for you. And if you have more questions, keep asking them. 
and knock on doors, send emails, don't be afraid to ask questions and have a better understanding of what it is that puzzles you. It might be that there's no answers to those questions, but it never hurts to ask. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Julia. To, to finalize, today we interview with Julia De Marinas of uh, the Marvel Space Institute of Science about her recent article in Astrobiology in the 13th volume in, uh, titled Life, the Universe, and Everything, an Education Outreach Proposal to Build a Traveling Astrobiology Exhibit. Thanks for sharing your passion with us, Julia. Thanks so much for your time, Tom.